And welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat, IGN's Nintendo podcast this week of the week of September 3rd. What are dates anymore? We will be talking about Gamescom, or at least some of the Nintendo news that came from Gamescom. Spoiler, it's not a lot. Also, what we want to change about the Switch, just one thing, and we will be listening to your yaps about that too, and we'll be talking about a whole lot more about Nintendo. I'm your host, Casey DeFridis, and this week I am joined by Per Snyder. Hi, Casey. And Zach Ryan. Hey, everybody. As you can tell, there's only three of us this week because a lot of people are out and a lot of people are really busy because a lot of people are out. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought? But thank you, Karen, nice. back for joining. It's nice. These these three person shows, you know, last week's show, this week's show really gives everybody a little more time to share their thoughts and feelings. You know, we don't have to cram four people in the mix. And You know what? I, I agree. Know, I don't mind three person along. shows. <laughs> you guys let us know what you feel about three person shows, but... Guys, let's kick it off. Gamescom was last weekend. We're finally, sure we finally are are done with it. We wrapped on Sunday. Mm-hmm. How did how did that go for you, Zach? You were running, you were running everything. Whew. Well, I wouldn't say that I was running everything. I was the showrunner for the Gamescom Studio segment, so like the the all day portions of of Gamescom. There's different segments built into that, you know, uh, cosplay, award show, uh, all those different kind of moving parts. Um, you know, these digital events are tough. Like they're really, I feel like they take more, more brain power to really get off the ground than a traditional live show because there are, there's an added element of how do you do these kinds of things from home? How do you get people's schedules coordinated? It's not as easy as telling somebody like, just show up at this address at this time. It's like, also make sure that you're dialed in here. Also make sure that you have this software. Also make sure you do these things. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, the, these digital shows are, are, have been really, really challenging this year, but I'm super, super proud of the work that our team managed to pull off. And I think that we did something sort of unprecedented with Summer of Gaming, with Comic-Con at Home, and with Gamescom this year. I'm, I'm, I'm really, really proud of that work and how those things turned out. And I absolutely hope and pray that we never have to do all digital events like this again. <laughs> me, me too. Of course, there will be more. Um, Damn it, Paris. But uh, no, look, the, I think the challenge is with all, the all digital events, it's like you don't get the downtimes. You don't step mm-hmm. away for, you know, like in Cologne, you you producer would go on break and go get himself a currywurst and and hang out for a while and then see the show flow you don't get any of that you're like you're focused only on your screen you're sitting there the entire day and then yeah everything that was easy was harder just to give people an idea for gamescom we wanted to shoot from san francisco because we have four studios in san francisco we couldn't because you know by ordinance you Mm -hmm. you couldn't use your office space Um, we could use la still um, but in order to make LA work, um, we had the problem that our studio there was too, is too small. And so we can't properly social distance the host from the producers. So we actually ripped out in a weekend, we ripped out all the desks in the main area of our office and built a makeshift studio for a lot of money. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, hired a COVID consultant who would be there the entire time. We did testing, all of that. And it's like, it, it really is, it really is a lot harder than jumping on an airplane and taking all that equipment to Germany. Like, even though we're, we're still in LA and San Francisco, it, it was just nuts. I, I don't want to mm-hmm. do that again, um, but hopefully people will watch that a lot of fun. Now, there is one takeaway that I hope to see many times in upcoming shows, and that's the Tom Robot. I hope that oh, we God. see TomBot 5000 make a recurring appearance in all of our live shows. I really love that little weird robot of Tom. I thought he was yeah. great. TomBot was great. If you missed oh. out the TomBot, you can go to the Gamescom stream of day three, and he's in there during the indie showcase, and it is wonderful. And him and Swain mm-hmm. make a great duo. That's true. The robot. The robot and Swain, mm-hmm. not Tom. <laughs> so obviously... Obviously, Gamescom was a little different this year. You know, there was opening night live, which, you know, uh, Jeff puts on and and we broadcast as well. And there were some some decent announcements in there. But this was a this is an interesting year where the the even the two companies releasing new hardware were uncharacteristically quiet and nobody was more quiet than Nintendo. This is like this is eerie now at this point where. Um, you were all waiting for the news. We all know, you know, there's the Pikmin Deluxe Edition coming out, but we all we also are expecting some other titles and lots of rumors, obviously, that we'll be talking about. But like, ah, here we are in August. There was an opportunity for Nintendo to stir the drum a little bit, and Nintendo didn't participate. And then there were very, very few third party 
um, third-party Switch titles, which is a little yeah. worrisome. Um, you know, I, I did think that that this year, specifically for Gamescom, just looking at the show, the games that appeared on our Gamescom show, uh, a tremendous amount of of indie games, right? Like a ton yeah. of ton of like, uh, like indie games across the gamut, like you know, like bigger games, very small games from small teams, um, and a lot of those games will appear on the Switch. So you know, yep. sort of covertly, we did get a lot of of Switch games coming out of Gamescom, but it's, you know, we're still desperate for those first party announcements. We're still, uh, before Gamescom started, I was working on an op-ed piece about how this might be one of the best and worst years for Nintendo because they've had support from areas where they've, they've traditionally relied on it, but they're lacking in, you know, with the exception of Animal Crossing, I feel like they've not really had the, the kind of first party support that the Switch has had in previous years. Um, and it's you know starting to hurt a little bit. Like uh, we want to know what's up with this these Mario rumors. We want to know what their um, first party offering is for the fall. And and you know fall is is now. It's September. Yeah. So, and it's yeah. it's really odd that we have always. I mean, from my recent memory, we've always been clamoring for third party support for the for Nintendo consoles. And finally, we are getting that third party support in droves. But now this year, first party support is really <laughs> lacking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. So, and as we know, Nintendo did not participate in Gamescom in an official capacity, and they will also not be participating in the Tokyo Game Show in an official capacity. And that run of show was announced, I think. It was announced mm-hmm. this week. So if you want to see what, who is participating and what you might see at TGS, you can check that out now. But Nintendo is not in there. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's an interesting note, too, because TGS in the last few years has been a much smaller affair than it has been, you know, previously. But then this year you've got Square Enix and Capcom and all these other like bigger third parties coming back to make a bigger showing. Um, and yeah, no Nintendo. Uh, and I, I think no Sony either. I don't think Sony's going to be there. Yeah. In, in the, the good news, I think, I, I don't think it's a, you know, I don't think anybody needs to be worried, right? Nintendo merged their handheld and their console lines into one system. It's selling well. This doesn't mean that they're resting on their laurels or slowing down. This means that they were probably disrupted and third parties too. The good news is, you know, the silver lining is there are a lot of really cool indie games and some I, I played in the last week and there there is a little bit more time to pay attention to them until the big studios come back with their software. But the disruption for the bigger studios is real, whereas like the indies are able to hunker down and small teams are able to continue. Whereas like a company like Capcom, you know, they're, they're going to have a hard time motion capturing their main characters for Resident Evil in order to, to get that game done. So, yeah. If any of you haven't seen this, look up, this is going to be a weird word, but Rajang Mo- Motion Capture. It's R-A-J-A-N-G, and it is the best. And basically, people mocap the monsters in Monster Hunter, and it's totally worth seeing. Go check it out. That's awesome. That's really cool. That's super yeah. cool. It's really fun. But um, yeah. anyway, on that note, there were a couple of announcements that I thought we would share with you from Gamescom that might be worthwhile. For example, Little Nightmares 2 is coming to Switch on February 11th. Um, even though it features two different characters, it is a single-player game. Um, this was originally set out to come out in 2020, but has been delayed. But it looks pretty cool, and I know a lot of people were really liked the first one. Um, I saw it at Gamescom 2019. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They had an awesome booth. Really creepy. It's a really creepy universe, obviously, uh, with these characters with a mm-hmm. bag over the head and all of that. Um, it, it looked really cool. I, I, it's big, great that big. this this game is you know getting it's this creepy. long. Big hit for us. Big hit yep. for us too. We saw a yep. lot of traction with Little Nightmares too. I think that game, mm-hmm. the the first one, kind of became a sleeper hit after release when people started tapping into just how clever and kind of like genuinely creepy that game is. I stupidly have not played the first one. It's been on my list of something to visit for you know since it came out. But um, I'm excited for the sequel nonetheless. I'd like to go back and play the first one and then jump into two. I think. Also coming out early next year is Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga, which I mean, like who isn't excited for more Star Wars games? I know a lot of people are really. Yeah, I know. Zach's excited. I love the Lego Star Wars games, man. I think they're so fun. They're like, I honestly like all those Lego games. Uh, You know, when you get into Lego Jurassic Park and Lego uh, Indiana Jones or whatever, like eh, maybe. But man, the Lego Star Wars games are they're so good. 
Those are always up. the best. But <laughs> I, I always loved, I mean, I thought it was a misstep to add lots of voice to them. Like it was always mm-hmm. cool when they were just uh, silent. Mm-hmm. And, um, but like the, just their takes on classic scenes are just so good. Yeah. So yeah. funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very clever. Also, uh, I know we talked a little bit about Minecraft Dungeons when Seth was on talking about Crystal Chronicles and Minecraft Dungeons is getting the Creeping Winter DLC out on September 8th. So if you're already interested in a co-op dungeon crawler, now there's going to be even more content for it. Nice. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. And then um, we talked about Wonder Boy Ashen Monster World um, on a previous episode, but this game is coming out in Q1 2021 and we got an exclusive like featurette um, about it on IGN.com that you can check that out. I'll make sure to put the link in the article so you can watch it, but we premiered that at Gamescom. And I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with Lonely Mountains Downhill, but a DLC for it is coming soon. It's called Eldjall Island. We premiered. I'm sorry, it's called what? I don't know how to pronounce that. <laughs> Nobody does. Nobody knows how to pronounce that. Hey, I did have a question about, I did have a question about Wonder Boy for both of you though. Yeah. What, um, what is the secret of his power? It's a no tenacious D fan out there, huh? All right. That's oh fine. no. Oh my God. Oh, wow. Swing and a miss. No, right. I, I knew this. Bad. I knew, I knew I that too. And now I feel a waste of our time. No. I, th- Red, if you're listening just kicked uh, to our producer, uh, cut that out. Just cut that joke out, please. Just cut, cut it out. <laughs> no, leave, it, leave it in. There are Tenacious D fans out there that will appreciate that, Zach, and you got to know yeah. that. Somebody will get it. <laughs> but DLC coming for that game. Um, so Doom Eternal is playing for the Switch eventually. and Sooner so or later, perhaps. The DLC yeah. announced for Doom Eternal will also eventually come to the Switch, maybe in a complete package. I don't know. Let's see. I, I had to consider that that angle, but it, it it seems to me, you know, we had the Doom Eternal DLC on our live show, and they described it. It's part one of two. So uh, this this last two DLC packages will be the Return of the Jedi to this whole Doom Eternal trilogy, basically. Um, I like the idea of a complete edition coming to Switch, mm. but if that's the case, that means that that edition wouldn't be until the second DLC comes out, and that that could be a long wait for Switch players. If it, yeah, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Well, what won't be a long wait for Switch players is Spellbreak and Magic Focus Battle Royale, which launches on wow. September third. What that was a that was a killer which transition is today. Wow. Yeah, um, you- I think it's free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this game is free to play. No, mm-hmm. I, I think I was watching, I watched the presentation for this during Summer of Gaming, and I thought it looked really cool. I mean, I like I like medieval stuff, and I like Battle Royale, so. Yeah, I, it's funny. I'm not really like a Battle Royale person. I got a little bit into Fortnite for a while, but um, this this game, Casey, in a similar way, was really doing it for me, too. Like, watching that trailer, I was thinking, like, this is a really cool concept for, you know, Battle Royale. I'm, I'm interested to give this a shot. Yeah, and lastly, uh, we showed some more of Grindstone, which we talked about when it was announced during the presentation that it's coming to Nintendo Switch. It's coming out in Don't fall sleep 2020. On it. Yes, I, everyone loves it. Play it. Great mobile Play game. It's the best. Good puzzle game. Best. Sarah, I think you said it was going to be the best puzzle game on the Switch once it comes out. Single player. Best multiplayer remember we've got some we've got some puyo 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 tetris i was gonna say let's not forget about puyo puyo tetris yeah yeah um no no but it is it is firmly a single player game and i i think people are really gonna like it if they missed it on on ios it's so good really really unique i know you guys talked about it last week but really unique puzzler super cool but that just feels good like when you when you when you do something amazing like you almost clear the entire screen just the the animation and the way like everything explodes into guts if you turn it on (laughs) uh it's just it's just amazing it's so good yeah as far as gamescom 2020 that is about it for nintendo games that's mm-hmm. I, I'm sure there's more, but these are the ones yes. we chose to highlight. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's so many more indies and there are a ton of indies that we talked about that will eventually become nindies. But we'll talk about that next year when they're out on the switch. But yeah, I wanted to bring Nintendo. up. Oh, yes, pair. No, I was going to say Nintendo has the habit of pulling a paper Mario out of their hats. So uh, we're in September. We'll, we'll, we'll see what, what we'll know by end, end of the month. I'm sure some announcements are coming. We'll get more. So we just talked about Gamescom, and next up, we will be talking about the one thing we would change about the Switch. And I wanted to talk about this because of those rumors that we heard about last week about there being a Nintendo Switch Pro coming in early 2021. And we also asked for you to submit 
and by you, I mean the audience, the people listening at home, not Parazak. We asked you guys to send in video comments about what is the one thing you would change about the switch. So let's talk about it a little bit amongst ourselves and then we'll get to your gaps. Um, Zach, let's start with you. What is the one thing you would change about the Nintendo Switch? Mm, customizable UI uh, is probably near the top of my list for stuff missing from the Switch. Um, I, I think it's it's kind of a bummer that we're three years into this, three plus years in the Switch lifecycle and we only have an option for like black or white. You know, we don't we don't have wallpapers. We don't have themes like we have on PlayStation. I know that's just a, a little thing, but that is something that I would love to see come to Switch. Um, yeah, you know, different different customizable AI options there. And then the other thing that that I think is still sorely missing is Bluetooth support. Yes. <laughs> um, without a, without third party um, without a third party device, you know, I think. The ability to hook up my AirPods or these headphones or, or whatever I, is sorely missing. These are the PlayStation Gold headphones, and I can actually use them when the Switch is docked relatively easily. Huh. But for a portable solution out in the wild, um, which we're not allowed to do that anymore anyway. But uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, I, yeah, I'm, I'm still sort of bummed that there's no Bluetooth support for Switch just out of the box. What about you, Pear? What would you change about the Switch? Those were all, I, I mean, those were all good, good things. I, I mean, I'm I'm going a little bit more greedy where I, I wish there was the $100 more expensive model with uh, a little bit more oomph to the chipset. And like, I'm not even asking for 4K video output. I think as we're moving, we're at the end of the previous console generation and the games being released for Xbox One and for PS4 look really, really good. And we're at a point where it's really difficult, I think, for third parties to realize that same vision on the Switch, even at 720p. And so mm-hmm. a more powerful chipset and more RAM to be able to do experiences that look that good, even at 720p or you know at 1080p, I think would would be just lovely. And like the the 4K thing, you know, I'm a big fan of 4K. I'm going to buy these new consoles and I'm going to ogle at the graphics, but like in the end, I always favor performance over over resolution. When something runs smoother, I like it better. And so I want to see that with the Switch. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh is there a world where you balance a, a beefier chipset and also have a, a bit of extended battery life? No. that's that is the big issue right like they have to hit that sweet spot between uh battery power and then like cooling a more powerful system is also difficult right in that small form factor but i don't know i mean look at look at how thin the ipad is obviously it's at a higher price too and the iphone but like you can get a lot it can be done out of small devices like that. And like mm. Nintendo is frugal and Nintendo wants to make money and Nintendo also wants to be able to offer the machine at a lower price. But with that, I think a tiered system would be really cool for the future. Where like you can still sell the cheaper version, but maybe the games are just lower res and hopefully don't chop up too much. But we are now running into some indie games running choppy on the Switch and that that mm. should, be a, should be a little alarm bell for people. Yeah, it yeah. should be. Yeah. We did have uh, a couple of people submit yaps asking for there to be a better cooling system. I think we'll actually play one in a second that complains about that as well. But personally, I, as you guys have seen my Switch before, I think I have it right here. So, Is um, this the, the Smash Switch? Yeah. So as you know, I had a cracked encasement and then Tom switched it out for me. And you guys can't see this, but now I have missing pieces on the top. I don't know what happened. They're just gone. I'm not sure what's going on. Like the basement is like separating from the top. It's just terrible. I'm so sorry. I have this little, I have the stand taped down because it won't stay up on its own anymore. I don't. What are you thing? Do you I, don't, your, I was going to say, do you and your SO use it as like a Frisbee around the house or what? Like what's no, the deal? I, I don't know. I don't understand. Like I. I take it with me places, but it's in a case when I take it with me. Uh-huh. But hmm. yeah, I don't know. I, I, I've never, I've never had a Nintendo system like physically fall apart on me like this before. I definitely, the irony I that your name is Casey is not lost on you. Oh no, it was completely lost on me. Casey wants better case. Uh, I, I definitely had issues with the the hinges on the DS. You know, I, I know that was a pretty common occurrence. Yeah. 
but um, yeah, Casey, I've I've heard from other people similar reports. You know, with the casing on the switch falling apart and really having some issues. I, I wonder if it's just like, and no pun intended, but I really do wonder if it's on, on a case by case basis, right? <laughs> because like my my switch is three years old. I took it with me every day to work when I went into the office, and mm-hmm. and it still looks. I mean, for all intents and purposes, looks like it did when it pulled it out of the box. You know, yeah. Um, so so I, it's the- interesting. The weak spot is this guy. The stand totally. is broken on a lot of devices. I've seen so many people with a busted stand. And then these little lamella things, these little yeah, dividers between the fan, they break on all sorts of systems. So oh, it's not just you, Casey. So I like my I think my son has like two of these spokes missing on the back grate too on the grill. Um but yeah, because I when your son seen... gets mad at games, he bites the top of his switch. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Now, I've never seen like a like the Desert Storm version uh, equivalent of the Game Boy um as a switch, though, as Casey's. No. Right. Gosh. Remember that super burnt Game Boy I that do. they have at the Nintendo store? Yeah. I remember um reading a letter in Nintendo Power about someone who a kid who left his Game Boy color out in the yard and it got lawnmowered and was still Oof. playable. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> So okay. they don't they don't make them like they used to. But also, I understand if if they did make the switch casing a little bit more durable, it also wouldn't be customizable the way it is now. Like it's fairly easy for most people to get a an aftermarket case and to add it onto their switch to customize it. And I don't think you'd be able to do that if it was more sturdy. I Bulky. guess. Yeah. Casey, what's your phone look like? Does your phone screen hold? So um, my phone has an otter box on it. Ah, but there you go. My otter okay. box is starting to wear away as well. See, <laughs> you just need but I an don't, otter box. I need an otter box switch case. I don't yep. drop. I don't drop my switch like I do my phone. My phone is dropped multiple times a day. Like I'm not. I'm not gonna lie about that. But I don't do that to my switch. <laughs> but with that, let's check out your what you want to change about the switch, and we will start our first app with Christopher, who wants our namesake. <laughs> What's good, Nintendo Voice Chat? My name is Christopher Trindade, at Trindabago on Instagram and Twitch. First off, love the show. Also, um, what I would do to change the Nintendo Switch would be to give it voice chat. (laughs) Like, Nintendo (laughs) Voice Chat should no longer be an oxymoron. Like, I can't believe the lengths that Nintendo has gone to, like, to skirt this issue. Like, they didn't design their controllers with auxiliary ports. They have Mm. built, like, a new Discord app, basically, for people to talk on their smartphones and like, no, no, no. It should be, you know, you see who's online, you click their icon, you hit chat and party. It should be that easy. And I don't know why they haven't done it. So that's what I would change. That's what's up. Thank you very much. Good shouts. Good shouts, Christopher. I love Uh, you, Christopher. I I hadn't considered the um, external uh, jack on a controller, but I use that on my PlayStation all the time. Like, yeah, that would, yep. that would be another one I would add to the list is the ability to plug a headset into the pro controller. We, I yep, ended up playing, even... oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I ended up playing my PlayStation more on multiplayer just because it has that ability where I can just, we just have a chat going and people can drop in and drop mm-hmm. out as they please. And we can just kind of like have a hangout there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, I, as as you said, like they could they could just go the pro controller route. They don't even have to do this for the uh, for the Joy-Con and 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 try to make that work because battery battery power there matters with those tiny things. <laughs> but a pro controller with just a a, a plug and a connection and yep. yeah. just make it work. That's all you need. Just make it work, please. Others have you can do can it. Can we have hand. it? That's right. Yeah. Um, and this next yap is from Alexander, and he wants some other UI updates as well. Hello, NVC from currently way too hot Canada. First, just thank you for doing this every week. You make my gym visits way more bearable. As for what I'd change, I think the Switch has a bit of a UI problem. Like, all I'm asking is to please, please let me put my games into folders. <laughs> Look, yep. the 3DS had themes, right? And I mean, you could move your games around and the Vita had those beautiful little folders. Like, listen, I got a problem and I'm sure you can relate. I buy way too many games on sale. They just make it way too easy. And I would really love to just be able to make a folder that says games I bought for a dollar so I can get them out of my way. <laughs> anyway, that's what I'd change. Thanks, team. 
Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I also completely agree with it. It would be nice. I think I I mentioned this on the show before, but I have a friend who's a father and he has folders for games that are good to play when uh, he's taking care of the kids and games that aren't. So basically games that can be paused and are kid friendly and games that cannot be paused and are not kid friendly. Yes. Yeah. Being able to organize your games like is a, a nice thing that you should be able to do. I didn't even think about the the games for a dollar thing. I am so guilty of buying games that were on sale and I've not started them yet. I have several games that I've never started. Oh yeah. Um, Speaking of I games, I'd like that are to put them sale, in the folder. Um, I think uh, Ubisoft is having a really big game sale right now. So oh, go cool. check out some Ubisoft games. Um, also, shout out to Alexander for being a fellow podcaster at the gym. Back when I was allowed to go to the gym, I almost listened exclusively to podcasts and not pump up jams. But yeah, I don't, I don't know how you do it. I need the pump up jams. Yeah, I know. I I hear that a lot. (laughs) But last one is from Adam, and he's got a lot of problems with the switch. Let's hear what he's got to say. All right, so we're going there. What would I change about the Nintendo Switch? Honestly, just about everything. Okay, the screen size is way too small for something intended to be shareable. The controllers are broken on every level. Okay, everything is flimsy and plastic. The bumpers are non-mechanically responsive. I don't even get me started on the triggers. And the control sticks, I mean, there's a lawsuit as to how far they jut out that they, they're so heavy that they basically break themselves. And the whole back of the console needs a redesign. That superheats, okay? If I feel my fingers burning, something needs to change. <laughs> All right, so that's pretty good. Thanks, Slot Adam. Hot takes in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, uh, I've literally. The, I, have you guys had that heat issue? No, I, I haven't. Yeah, yeah I me neither. But had it once, and it was because I left it on and the screen on while I was inside of a case, and then when nah. I took it out, it was like Again, I had to turn it case. off immediately. Gosh, mm-hmm. <sighs> uh, I like I, the lack of analog. Um, triggers or buttons is definitely one limiting factor for certain types of games you know as a as a racing gamer i always find it very awkward to try and play one of those games on the switch like mario kart you don't care because it's all about sliding and it's like digital gas or brake controls but like i can't imagine you know playing a formula one racing game on the switch and it is just that shoulder button limitation i'm with them that. I I think that the screen, like the screen in uh, the standard switch, is totally fine for me. I don't necessarily have an issue with the size of the screen. The the switch light, I do feel like the screen is a little bit small. Um, but yeah, I've never really. F- I, there's not a game that I've played, I think, portably that I felt like, oh, the screen is too small for this. I haven't felt that the screen is too small. I felt like the text was too small, like for Fire Emblem. Yeah, God. yeah, yeah, that's really fair. I had a problem with that. Um, but I've I've successfully shared the screen to play, for example, Smash with one other person. I wouldn't try to do it with four people, but one other person I think is fine. And I think if the screen was a little bit, if I think if it was bigger, it would just be too cumbersome to, to carry around, honestly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, everyone, thank you so much for your yaps. We were just talking about the one thing you would change about the Switch. And when I say yaps, I also mean video comments. And these are things that you can leave at the bottom of all IGN articles. So check that out if you're ever wanting to share your opinion. But let's move on to some more news, where we talk about more news, including <laughs> this isn't really like this isn't really newsy, but it has been one year since the last Nintendo Direct. The last Nintendo Direct was on September 4th, 2019, and it featured Luigi's Mansion 3 and Pokemon. And I wanted us to give one prediction. We will eventually get a Nintendo Direct, right? Like this is going to happen. Uh, It'll happen. So when we eventually get a Nintendo Direct, eventually at some point in the future, things will be announced. And I want all of us to make one <laughs> prediction. And we will be posting an article asking for your predictions as well. And we need one, seriously, one prediction. And if your one prediction is shown in the Nintendo Direct. We will play your yap on that show. Nice. So look out so for that article. Could be, this could be announcing a new game in Franchise X, so it could be announcing the release date for Zelda 2 or something. Any, anything, yeah? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Try to be specific. Don't be like a Pokemon or like a Metroid. Like Be like a little bit specific with your... Oh, they have to name the exact title? Maybe not the exact title, yeah. okay. But Metroid no, Prime right. 4, Return cool. of... 
the baby. <laughs> Return of the right, baby. Right. Um, I think I, I, I think that that the next direct that we're gonna get, I think that it's not gonna be like huge news. I think it will be something that is like cool news to hear, but not necessarily huge news. I'm kind of surprised that they haven't done uh, a direct for uh, this supposed Super Mario 3D collection. I think that would be like a pretty good, uh, a pretty good excuse for them to do it, uh, another Nintendo Direct. Um, what I would like to see from the next Nintendo Direct is like the return of Pikmin 4 with a release window or date. I think yeah, that would think, be kind of like right on, on the money in terms of like a, a direct announcement. That's just like a casual like September or October direct, you know? Yeah. What do you I, think, Bear? I, I, th- I think the next direct will be more of a mini direct and it's going to focus on the, the Mario anniversary stuff, uh, whether it's standalone releases. Well, or they better hustle it up. And I think it'll be a, and surprise, it's out, it's out super fast because nobody's relying on retail right now. So it's not like... There, there's not like this long uh, ramp up process to ship your games to GameStop right now. It is you, you can afford to wait with announcements and say, and by the way, it's out tomorrow kind of a thing or out now. Um, so I do think the next direct is going to be mini and focused on Mario. But then I do think there will be, you know, there will be a big direct, but I think it's going to be a while. I think it'll be in November and it's going to focus on the future of the Switch. I think right around when the next generation consoles from Sony and Microsoft come out, Nintendo is going to do a big direct and say, you know, the best is yet to come and like talk about, you know, give you a glimpse at Zelda, give you a glimpse at Metroid. But um, I think they're going to make us wait for it. Yeah, I think they are, too. I think for the not for the next mini direct, but the next big direct, assuming that we get one, I think there have been rumors going around and I have to address them because people have been tweeting at me. So I'm just going to say it. There has been rumors that there will be a new Monster Hunter for the Nintendo Switch. So that is going to be my guess. It's more of a wishful thinking, but I think they will coincide it with the more powerful Switch. Um, they kind of did that with the 3DS where they marketed uh, Monster Hunter Generations, Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate to pair very well with the new 3DS because of the control stick. So maybe, Little hey, nub. better performance, better Monster Hunter uh, in an upgraded version or a brand new, um, what am I thinking of? Not system engine <laughs> and a new engine from the traditional monster hunter games but still in that wake so not like monster hunter world but a true sequel to the traditional monster hunter games. yeah i was going to ask if, if you thought it would be more along the lines of like a generations or or ultimate four you know in a, in a sort of an old school monster hunter way because i think it'd be hard to pull off something like a monster hunter world on switch yeah I agree. And Capcom has said they're not planning on trying, even trying to bring World to Switch. Honestly, it just, it wouldn't work. You need way too much coordination with, with people online. And it's just too much Mm -hmm. of a pain to talk Mm -hmm. to people. Like I I said it before, I've used PlayStation voice chat while playing Monster Hunter Generations Generations Ultimate on my Switch. So, (laughs) but um, yeah, I I do hope that they announce a, a new Monster Hunter and use it to sell the new Switch. I think that'd be pretty cool. But like I said, look out for that article asking for your video comments. We'll post it in the podcast forums. And we'll also, I think, we'll link it to this article on IGN.com. So if you're on IGN.com, just look for that link in the article. And there are a couple of other uh, newsy things to go over this week, like the Mario Switch remasters that Zach just mentioned have supposedly been delayed um, beyond the series. It's the series 35th birthday. And a noted insider suggests that the unannounced 3D collection will now release closer to Christmas. And this is according to um, Nintendo podcast Nate the Hate, which also outed August Indie World Showcase and Nintendo Direct Mini. So maybe trustworthy. I don't know. I was already assuming that they were delayed at this point or else they would have talked about it, right? Yeah, it seems pretty It seems pretty out of bounds that uh it would be released in september in time for the 35th anniversary if it's september 3rd and we haven't heard anything about it yet you know unless unless pair is right in that they have uh, a mini direct announcing the 3d collection and it's literally like and it's available this week tomorrow right now something like that just like i you know let's remember this moment that i said it but i would be 
very surprised that we get through September without a first party release. Um, well, I don't know. Right. Po- would Pokemon Snap count? Let's come back in October. Do you want to um, make a Do you want to make a Ryan McCaffrey style bet on this? How's that work? It's just whoever loses has to buy the other person in and out burger. There's no such thing. We're not allowed to see each other anymore. That's true. I'll send it to you in the mail if I lose. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. Okay. <laughs> and last thing, I just wanted to to comment on this real quick. I was personally looking forward to Ubisoft Gods and Monsters. We first learned about it at E3 2019, which was last year. Wow, that's that feels like such a long time ago. But they have renamed it. I don't know who they is. They is a, a nebulous term for people at Giant Ubisoft. Ass who make giant ants at Ubisoft who run things over there. They've changed the name to Immortals Phoenix Rising. Phoenix is spelled F-E-N-Y-X, and there is no colon. So Immortals Phoenix Rising. How do you guys feel about that new name? I mean, I I saw it going around a lot that, you know, maybe Gods and Monsters was just too easy to remember. Um, This is... (laughs) Look, I, I, I was with Ubisoft when this game was announced. Um, I think this game looks very cool. I don't know anything about it outside of what was shown last year, but that is a tremendously dumb name. I'm, I'm, I hate to say it. Apologies to any of my friends over there that might be listening to this show, but that that name is is rough. And I think they maybe made that move because the idea that it's Immortals Phoenix Rising leads me to believe that there will be Immortals Aquarius Dawning or Immortals jetpacks jumping or whatever like this to me sounds like the first entry in a series which we all know ubisoft loves a good series so yeah i kind of dug the original name i mean immediately i was like "Mm, can they trademark that because there's the whole uh there's the movie um uh Mm -hmm. movie about james whale right the director of um of frankenstein a great movie um with ian mckellen uh and and I, I was curious why they didn't have some sort of like more trademarkable, identifiable name in there. And I guess that's the Phoenix spelled with F-E-N-Y-X. But Immortals just has so many projects have been named Immortals in the past, you know, um, including a, a, a movie um, again. Like, come on, they, 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 it should have it should have gotten a different name. I read... Phoenix would have been cool. Yeah. Phoenix, just just Phoenix Rising yeah. or just Immortals? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I, I read some speculation that perhaps Gods and Monsters couldn't actually be licensed by Ubisoft for a game. And yeah. that would have also been kind of a big screw up because you're supposed to do that before you announce the title of the game, right? Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Sometimes <laughs> you find conflicts in certain territories, right? Like you do this, you do this search and you think you can defend it. And then somebody, <laughs> we don't know what happened. Maybe somebody challenged yeah. it. You know, somebody went after Ubisoft and said, hey, you can't release this under this name because we own this. Uh, we own this name in five markets and like that. That sort of stuff can happen. Um, well, yeah, we but, know. Uh, looking game, though. I'm still excited yeah. to play it. I'm still excited to play it as cool. well. Yep. But just back yep. on, the, on the name thing, we also know that, for example, Anthem was originally called Beyond, but they couldn't. Um, they couldn't license that name, so they had to change the no, name, and then they we went after them. That's because IGN owns it. Yeah, we went after them and said that's a that's a shout in a podcast. No, we didn't do it. But yeah, <laughs> a lot like, of no, things right? are named beyond. I you They're you guys were getting me for a second. I was like, no, <laughs> no but no. Um, but yeah, hopefully it'll still be good, and hopefully they didn't change their whole story to make the name make sense after the fact. But yeah. that's about it for the news this week regarding Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about games coming out this week. Uh, sure. Some of these games coming out this week were actually announced or featured in during Gamescom. And one of those games is Ari and the Secret of Seasons out on the first for $40. And Ari and the Secret of Seasons, you actually play you play a young girl who has to fix things for three old men who control some of the seasons. And you control the seasons to solve puzzles and it's like a narrative driven adventure game so mm-hmm. it looked the gameplay looked pretty cool I, I recommend you check it out i'm interested in this you control four different seasons and depending on where you put these like bubbles of seasons changes the terrain so you solve puzzles by changing the terrain by putting season bubbles places i hope i explained that in an okay way yeah i think i yeah if anybody watches the the trailer and the gameplay that's out there like i think you nailed it like that's exactly what it looks like yeah. Cool. And then there's also Good Pizza, Great Pizza, 
which is making me hungry out in the third for $8. It's um, a great name. It, it really is. Yeah. yeah. And it's pretty, it's pretty popular mobile game about making yeah. pizza. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, Tom's note here is I know nothing about this game. I just thought Brian would like it. So thanks. Tom. <laughs> oh, I, I wanted to mention, I wanted to get Tom on here to talk about the things he wanted to change about the switch because we reviewed it, but you know what? You can just go read his review and then you'll mm-hmm. learn what he wants to change about the switch. Um, also out this week is Spinch out on the third uh, for 15 bucks. And honestly, the only thing I, I think of when I hear that is when what Zach calls the spinach, he feeds his cat. Yeah, the spinach. Yeah. Give him the spinach. Uh, this game, I mean, outside of my obvious love for the name, because <laughs> that's like a well-known uh, uh, common phrase around my house. But um, this game looks kick-ass. It looks like totally like a Zach Ryan game. It's like a psychedelic platformer where you have to like round up your weird cube babies and shoot them at these like melty acid trip bosses. Like this game looks awesome. I'm really excited for it. Yeah. Cool soundtrack too. Yeah. And that's a game, another game that we showed on during Gamescom. Um, mm-hmm. Also out this week is Paradise Killer out on the fourth for $20. And it is a stylish murder solving game. And Zach, you have a note for us. About yeah, this. this is a cool game. It kind of looks like an open world Phoenix Wright style game or like murder by numbers, but it's set in this cool, like cyberpunk setting and a former colleague of ours, Alicia judge actually has a role in this game and she's playing a character called judge. But I just thought that was really cool. I saw her tweeting about this earlier this week. Neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we'll check that out for 20 bucks. And also out this week for much more expensive is NBA 2k 21 out on the fourth for $60. Um, unfortunately, I don't know if, this will still be true by the time this comes out. But NBA 2K20 was on sale for, I think, like under $10 for a while this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Join the the Nintendo Voice Chat podcast forums on Facebook to get those deals because everyone likes to post those deals. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's basketball. More basketball. Hoops and dreams. Yep. Uh, also out this week is Lair of the Clockwork God. And that sounds really cool and it's out on the fourth for 20 bucks and it is a hybrid platformer with point and click adventure game from the creators of the well-loved been there been there dan jesus been there dan that that. (laughs) names Mm -hmm. this looks cool i I like the mix of like point and click adventure and also like platforming and run and jump segments i there's looks like there's a lot of variety in this game and lastly, I just threw this in there because I thought it looked actually the trailer I thought was really funny. It's a song. You should watch it on their Steam page, but it's mm-hmm. called Here Be Dragons. And it's out on September 3rd uh, for $17.99. And it's a satirical turn-based strategy game featuring a unique living map graphics where you lead a group of crazed captains. And it's you're basically traversing the unmapped sea. Um, and it's a strategy game. And it's called Here Be Dragons because on maps, whenever you would see dragons drawn on the maps, that didn't actually mean there's sea monsters there. It just meant it was uncharted territories and people didn't know it was there yet. I'm so. frankly, I'm shocked that you would include a game with dragons in the title on the run of show this week, Casey. It's in my contract. I have to every single time. It happens. <laughs> you did manage to get Pokemon and Monster Hunter and dragons in the show this week. So that's a hat wow. trick, baby. Good work. How did I, how did I do that? I don't know. <laughs> But we just finished talking about games out this week. We talked about Ari and the Secret of Seasons, Good Pizza, Great Pizza, Spinch, Paradise Killer, NBA 2K21, Lair of the Clockwork God, and Here Be Dragons. But now that we're done talking about games out this week, let's talk about games that we are playing. There, what are you playing? I've been uh, I've been dabbling in in a lot of different games because I finished all the the big games on the uh, the PlayStation. So I'm um, playing a bunch of indies. Um, I started on Moon. Do you guys know about this game? Yes. Mm, no. Yeah. So it's this. It's this. Uh, it's this old RPG from the from the PlayStation era that never made it to the US, and it, it was created by a whole bunch of um, X Square people. Uh, really unique um, for its time. It's a it's an isekai game, which means the hero yeah. of that game gets sucked into a fantasy world, like you know, think Tron. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you know the hero gets sucked into a video game and it's it's similar to that setup like it actually starts by you playing a role-playing game and it's super cheesy and hokey and it's like you battle a dragon but like it's it's kind of like this self-aware tongue-in-cheek thing where you don't actually do anything and like it kind of makes fun of rpgs and it eventually gets to 
you know, you realize it's a character playing this game, so it's a game in the game, and then boom, that character gets sucked into this fantasy world right, where he's supposedly dead and nobody can see him. And like, it's a really trippy, strange game. It doesn't like visually, it doesn't hold up. It's like it, it's you know, like how 16-bit uh, RPGs from from Square look still really, really good. This is that awkward age of the 32-bit games that just don't look that great. But it is one of those games that was just really clever and different um, for its time. It's like, you know, we 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 we're used to games now that that do a lot of tongue-in-cheek references to RPGs, like think of the South Park games. But yeah. that didn't exist back then, and and this game did it really before anyone else did. Um, so it's it's definitely it's it's a cool oddity to play if you're really into RPGs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I you know I finished a short hike recommended that one it's a great little really short uh, game with like just the perfect ending the way it wraps up it's just absolutely worth finishing um uh janet talked a little bit about evergate and i said it looked uh, like just like ori mm-hmm. and then i played it and like i totally agree it's nothing like ori at all it's a really really fun little puzzle game where you're trying to like solve these kind of one screen puzzles through like warping around and breaking things and collecting things and you upgrade your character get higher jumps and all that um it's really well made it's a i i think it's a it's a surprisingly good game and that leads me to spirit fairer which i think um is probably the strongest of all of them but i'm gonna toss it over to zach Real quick, yeah. I have a question for you, parent. Yeah. Could you play a short hike with one hand? <laughs> could you play a short hike with one hand? I think you can. Okay. I think you could. I'm going to attempt um, it. <laughs> can. I mean, you would have to access the other stick, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's super simple. It's like you, there's no combat there. There are a couple of okay. challenges for, objects where you have to like time your button presses and run at the same time so you'd have to do that but um it's uh it's simple it's more exploration talking you know gathering feathers so you can get higher on the island i'm gonna give it a shot it's good you'll you'll totally like it zach what are you playing yeah uh pair pair touched on it briefly uh Spirit Fair. Uh, I I just started Spirit Fair. Uh, I'm still playing uh, Super Mario, or I'm sorry, Paper Mario. Um, kind of slowly chipping my way through that. Still really enjoying that. But man, Spirit Fair has. I'm about four ish hours in, and that game is really something special. I think um, it is a, a very interesting blend of a lot of different genres. You know, town management. There's a dash of Animal Crossing. There's a little bit of some kind of um, uh, it, it, there's just like a lot of different a lot of different influences that I think it wears on its sleeve pretty openly and the writing is very very good the animation is beautiful um, the loop is really addicting like once you really get into the idea of like so you you basically if, for those that don't know yeah you what's play, the loop? yeah you play uh, the spirit fair on the river sticks right like you are charged you play a character named stella and her cute cat daffodil and you are charged with helping um these different people these different spirits to complete their last tasks and and move on to the next world and um it's very heartfelt um and very sweet um there's a dedicated hug button but essentially what you're doing is like you're you're sailing the ocean sailing the sea the the to these different islands and locations to grab resources then then you can do things like build houses and and gardens and kitchens and stuff on your boat um and then complete tasks for these spirits that you pick up and keep them you know happy and fed and and all these different all these different things that kind of feed into each other like the loop is really great in that the things that you're doing for this person also help apply to the things that you want to do for your ship. And what, you know, it, yeah, it's a very, very cool game. And it, it kind of came out of left field for me. I wasn't on my radar at all, but Tom has been tracking it for a while. He actually did the review, gave it a nine out of 10, um, which is amazing on the IGN yes. scale. And, uh, you know, four ish hours in, I'm, I'm inclined to agree. I've had more than a couple people, uh, say that they've been blindsided by spirit fair and that it's, it's, quickly become you know in the top portion of their list in game of the year contenders and, and oh wow i'll tell you what like if 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 it can keep this level of charm and this level of um 
this addictive gameplay loop going, like I, I could easily see it crack in my top five as well because it, it's it's really something interesting for sure. I'm I'm really really enjoying my time with it. Yeah, I mean, the less you read about it, the better. It's just I like, think so it's too. one of those games where the gameplay elements kind of unlock one after the other as you progress, mm-hmm. right? Like it it gets there are more and more things to do or things that you can do, um, and it just all works together really well. Um, yeah, it's and and I I love the art, the way it looks, the animation, it's gorgeous, and everything. yeah, really really beautiful animation. Um, it's definitely, I, I, it's hard to compare it to any other game, like you said. Like it has a little, it's got a little city management system, but it's also you access a map and pick where you go, and, and you know you're, while you're, you're platforming and solving things, puzzles, and, yeah. there's little platform challenges and things. Yeah, it's it's cool. Yeah, very very cool. Definitely I'm- a surprise. I'm really looking forward to playing that once I get it eventually, hopefully. Going to do yeah. it. Um, yeah, it, is, it is a juxtaposition, right? You can play it on the Switch. Um, mm-hmm. It's also on Game Pass if you're if you're looking to try it out there. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, yeah, obviously, I'm on a Nintendo show. I'm going to play it on the Switch. <laughs> but exactly. yeah, it is available to you for free if you're interested in playing it. So, um, And you have an I, Xbox. I've been playing Nintendo. Um, tell me why. But oh, I, how is it? Um, it's it's good. I've only gotten through the first chapter, uh, hoping to start the second and third. But Janet Garcia did review it. I believe she gave it a seven out of ten, which is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, she's she had some issues with the some of the writing and characters that yeah. she was talking about there. But yeah. but uh, and that's Dauntnod, right? That's uh, yes, the same, the same team people who made uh, uh, Life is Strange. Yes. Gosh, yeah. I don't know. I completely blanked on that. And with that, we just talked about games we're playing, which included Moon, Evergate, Spiritfarer, A Short Hike. And even though I haven't played it, I did mention Nexomon Extinction, which looks like Pokemon, but with crazier stories. So I'll get to that next week after I've played it. But mm-hmm. now it's time for question block. And oh, my the favorite first game. question is from Carl DeNovio. And they ask, lots of rumors floating around lately. What's the most outlandish Nintendo rumor you remember that people believed that ended up being false? Uh, the most outlandish <laughs> Nintendo the most out- outlandish Nintendo rumor I can think of is that there's a Me- Metroid uh, trilogy collection coming out for <laughs> Nintendo Switch. <laughs> this is a challenge, right? Like, you... Mm-hmm. You can't call any of these rumors false yet. Otherwise, I'd add the remember the Star Fox Grand Prix thing that was going around and some guy said his friend saw it and played it at retro and all that. And like, we haven't seen a lick off that game. But Mm -hmm. who's to say that that doesn't exist? We just don't know yet. Um, I would say the most outlandish rumor is every week that there's going to be a Nintendo Direct the next week. It's been a year. Yeah, I'm really tired of those rumors. I'm so tired of them. Yeah. Uh, in my in my early career, they were definitely a, a lot. One was the persistent thing that Luigi was playable in Super Mario sixty four. You guys mm-hmm. remember that? Yeah. Now, but then we found know, him. Well, they found him through. You had to, you know, you alter the game code, obviously. Yeah. But like people kept on submitting codes on how to do it, and they were really complicated. You had to collect all the stars, jump to the top of the thing, get get to Yoshi, do this, slide down the flagpole. Like it was always something that was improbably hard to do. And then if you actually tested it, it was obviously not going to happen. So Luigi was one of the persistent ones. And then one that bugged me was the we. I think we even did this interview with uh, Mr. Miyamoto and he he the way he responded to a question about Metroid coming to N64 made it sound like he confirmed it and Oof. then like in the end you know in the end it turned out that you know he was just kind of he was just kind of saying stuff and it wasn't really a confirmation it was one of those yeah it'd be nice if that happened and it just never happened like we never got a Metroid game the entire system's life cycle. We had uh, to wait till the game. Came. I think we're probably better for it, you know, because we uh, we got Metroid Prime in on the GameCube, which is arguably one of the best first-person adventure games of all time. I would have been I would have been happy with like uh, 2D side scroller, right? Like there were there were some good ones on N64. Like if you remember, uh, you know, from the uh, Treasure Guys, Mischief Makers, Mischief Makers, Yoshi's Yoshi, Yoshi, Yoshi Story, even right? Like they, you, you could do cool side scrollers on Nintendo. Damn, I completely forgot about Mischief Makers. That's a good shout, Pierre. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, all that treasure is just great. Yeah. yeah. I am for some reason. I really thought I thought about it this early today, and I know I believed some really stupid stuff when I was a kid about Nintendo, and. 
it is all just evaporated from my brain, I guess, to prevent me from feeling the shame and what I believed when I was a kid. Because I don't remember any of it. The only thing I remember, um, a kid told me some like stupid time wasting method to get Mew in Pokemon. And I believed them and like did a bunch. I just like ran I, I wild do, goose chase. I do remember there were a lot of those types of rumors. A ton of them. Pokemon specifically where it was like, if you yeah. do this. 150 times and then go here and do this yeah i remember doing a lot of those dumb challenges as well why are older yeah. kids such a jerks just get glee from tricking younger younger this has been this has children. been another entry in casey's sad nintendo diary but <laughs> <laughs> it's fine i at least i didn't use a master ball on a snorlax no wait i got tricked into doing that too but anyway on to the next question from Daniel Lewis. Um, they asked, how do you feel about real world politics, such as the Biden campaign, being literally crammed into Nintendo games? Do you feel that a strategy such as this is ultimately harmless? Is Nintendo games typically are targeted for everyone? Or do you feel that strategies such as this ruin the escapist fantasy of video games? Just to be clear, so he's referring to, I think, the Biden campaign. They're just releasing designs that you can download and add to your Animal Crossing like yard like, signs. So yeah, you have, yard like, signs. Biden. Yeah, right. like I, I don't care. Like you know, whether it's whether it's politics or whether it's brands, they'll jump on something. You know, they'll jump on the popularity of games. It's ultimately an affirmation that these are the public spaces that young people and we and old people like me hang out in, and and this is a way to reach us and and get a, get messaging in front of us that is akin to you know somebody putting a sign like that in their yard i honestly i think it's harmless um and i you have a choice like this, mm -hmm. this is not something you're not going to boot up animal crossing and there's a you know a biden campaign sign in your yard you have to seek this out you have to do this as a matter of support and that's simply you know that's simply somebody being creative and how they get their message across mm -hmm. uh yeah I'll, I'll keep it short and simple um you know, video games are art and art is political. And I don't think that you can really have one without the other. And like Pear said, if, if there's an opportunity for a political candidate to, to tap into an audience or, or a, a segment of voters that would otherwise not be aware of their political message or, or their you know, standings, especially in a year like 2020, when an election has rarely meant uh, what it does, uh, you know, I think they're well within bounds to try and, and get their message out how, however they see fit. Um, now, do I want to see Trump campaign posters in my Animal Crossing gardens? Probably not, but yeah. I'll come to your village and I'll put some up. Yeah, I think, I think because it's Animal Crossing, the way that this is is, an, is not very obtrusive because as Pear made, the point the Pear made, you have to actually act you have to actively seek out the QR code to add it to your game. And then right. there is only a slim chance that you see someone else with those decorations on their island when you visit them. And yeah. I, I get worried about impressioning impressionable children. But the thing is, kids can't under the age 18 can't vote anyway. So, uh, uh, yeah. And, yeah. And by the way, the message to vote for somebody is not a harmful message, right? Like, no, if, no, no. If, right. Like there, you have to draw the line somewhere. Um, and I think this is, you know, there's a bigger topic to be had, whether video games should carry political themes. And like, I mean, my viewpoint is absolutely right. Like mm -hmm. you as a consumer have the ability to discern what you believe in and or what, you know, you don't believe in. And like uh, po political stories are really, really interesting, you know, whether it's TV mm -hmm. shows or movies or baked into video games. Um, the moment everything becomes didactic and, you know, just samey, you know, then th yeah. that's when it becomes an issue. But uh, how often do we, you know, the three of us, anybody at IGN get tweets about like stick to video games, stay out of politics, keep your politics out of the gaming space. Like, uh, I, I think you're absolutely on the money there, Pear. Like telling a political story, having a political ideology or message inside uh, an art form is never in the wrong so i don't yeah. i guess to sum it up for me i don't see it being harmful or annoying in a game like animal crossing but i could see it being extremely annoying if it they made it like an emote in a multiplayer game where you're interacting with hundreds of players right. a day like like call of duty or fortnite think, like that would I, be obnoxious yeah and i think if it's a, if it's a voluntary thing if you're going online and finding the codes to download that mm -hmm. and put it around your island that's fine but if it's you know, if there are suddenly billboards in Fortnite that are saying, 
you know, Biden Harris 2020 that are just there and people don't have an option to, to, you know, see or not see that. And then that's maybe more of an issue. Ultimately, it's like, you know, when you're dealing with people, you're dealing with people with different opinions and different fandoms and all of that. And, you know, as a SF Giants fan, if you ran into somebody wearing a hat of a rival team, you're not going to like the Dodgers. You're not going to think that's that's, you know, that's not going to ruin your day. Right, Zach? It depends on it depends on how big a Giants (laughs) fan you are, I think. (laughs) I agree. You're right. Anyway, it would be so sad if we were all the same. Yes. But well that is um, about all we have for this week's Nintendo Voice Chat. Um, Zach and Parrot, thank you so much for joining me. And thank you, everyone, for sending in your questions. Remember to look out for that article asking for your Nintendo Direct predictions whenever that next Direct may be. And remember, you can watch Nintendo Voice Chat every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific time on your favorite podcasting platform, whether that be Spotify or YouTube.com or IGN.com. And remember, Nintendo Voice Chat is the only place you can. Get the political thing. thing. Oh, no.